Hello and welcome to the Experience Lounge podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Laura. And we're here to talk all things employee experience, experience design, future of work and digital HR. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to episode 12 of the Experience Lounge podcast. Today we're going to be talking about all things employee experience design principles. But first, Laura, how are you doing? I am good. I um, I had a bit of a different week last week because I had um, a small medical procedure, first time under general anaesthetic, only for an hour, but it was still um, still my first time. So that was interesting. Um, but recovering, recovering well, had a few days off resting last week but yeah all good raring to go we're recording this at 7 a.m on a Monday morning so I think the the best of the week starting starting the week well so yeah yeah, I'm good I'm good how about you yeah good I'm feeling very proud of us for getting up this early to do this podcast recording hopefully we're coherent um despite (laughs) the lack of caffeine um no things things are good my end really chilled out weekend which was lovely did a lot of reading caught up on you know catching up with all of my friends which I feel I sometimes lag behind on, especially now that we've just been here in Singapore for so long. I haven't really connected with people that much. So I made a conscious effort to do that this weekend. But no, feeling very good. Um, and yes, as you say, great start to the week, busy week ahead. So yeah, and I am so excited to be talking about employee experience design principles because I have a design principles ideation workshop coming up this week. So this is incredibly topical for me, which is really exciting. But before we jump into it, should we cover a few news and industry updates? Yes, sounds good. So I think um, first one for um, anyone who's a sort of HR EX practitioner is we've got the People Matters EX conference and that's for Asia, I believe, Mm. um, on, on Thursday. I'm actually doing a speaking slot on that as well. So um, if you haven't registered, do uh, do sign up. And I think we're going to try and do one together as well, aren't we? So that'll be cool. I hope we can make that work. Um, we, did a, we did a session at BT previously a couple of weeks ago, which was our first time kind of um, outside the podcast working together. And, um, and we both enjoyed it. It was, um, it was good fun. So hopefully we can do a slot on, on Thursday together too. So that's that one. And then also we um, were super, super chuffed to be included in David Green's um, monthly roundup that he does for yeah. May. And that was um, really cool for our podcast that we did with um, with Volker on um, the impact of employee experience and sort of getting business leaders buy-in and, and input and sort of the importance of that. So that yeah. was super cool. Um, lots of likes and comments on LinkedIn. So I think we had a little fist bump when we uh, when we saw that so thank you David if you are listening that was super cool <laughs> thanks keep doing it as well that would yeah. be great David if you are listening <laughs> that would be great <laughs> thanks so much yes a couple of I guess industry updates for me as well so Salesforce Live Asia is still live so I think it's been about a six week long conference um, but yeah. they have a number of employee experience sessions coming up one of which I moderated, which is really exciting. So if you haven't signed up to Salesforce Live yet, I would definitely recommend you do it. Um, I think a lot of the vendors are coming out with their conferences as well. So I'm normally a bit picky about which ones I sign up for, but actually there's a lot of great content out there at the moment. So definitely check out some of the vendor conferences as well as the industry ones. I also know the Employee Experience Awards are coming up as well. So this is kind of an inaugural awards with, I think a slightly different vendor. I think it's HR Exec Online or something, right? Yes, me and my team have actually put a submission through and been shortlisted so we are 
super excited about that too fantastic well yeah no I can't wait to see some of the award announcements etc from a HR tech perspective there's actually lots going on and again I'll use I'll, I'll leave sorry all of the links to the news resources that we use in the bio today um, but one I want to shout about because it's a platform I love is HiBob or Bob kind of SME sized HRIS but with lots of amazing functionality they have acquired a workplace relationships analytics startup called Cassiopeia I think I'm saying that correctly I'm not entirely sure but this is just a real fantastic push for them into the analytics Space. If you're not familiar with HiBob, go and check them out. I actually think, you know, even if you're a bigger organization and you're looking at the bigger vendors and the bigger players in this space, looking at what HiBob does and other kind of smaller vendors is really great from kind of innovation perspective to see um, yeah. what are those that can move slightly faster doing. So love HiBob, really great that they are acquiring an analytics player. So yeah, that's kind of the biggest news story for me today. Without further ado, let's get into the topic of discussion. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's good for us to cover what are design principles, because a lot of people listening to the podcast might be thinking, what on earth is this? I have never heard of this before. And normally, if you have heard of it, they tend to come up in technology projects, right? So if you've been involved in mm. any kind of implementation, you'll know that there are design principles. And, and maybe we'll come on to talk about how design principles are used, because I think old school design principles are kind of used as a way of forcing decisions or kind of narrowing scope a little bit which has given them a bit of a bad rap I think Um, but design principles as a whole um, and we'll try and leave some links in the show notes as well to some resources talking about these design principles are essentially how you design as your as an organization so whether that's for your customer experience whether that's for your employee experience these are the handful of principles that you use to make design decisions but also how you curate your design process as well Mm. um so a couple of examples here which might bring this a bit more to life so airbnb have a set of publicly published design principles on their website so airbnb.design and theirs are unified universal iconic and conversational and you know you can kind of read through we'll we'll leave the link in the show notes to to have a look at the descriptions here but for example conversational our use of motion breathes life into our products and allows us to communicate with users in easily understood ways Um, and then another one is unified so each piece is part of a greater whole and should contribute positively to the system at scale. There should be no isolated features or outliers. So this is talking a lot about their customer facing products. Similarly, NHS have also published their design principles. If you're not familiar with the NHS, it's the National Health Service in the UK. Um, and theirs are a little bit more, how can I put this, to the point. Um, so the first is put people at the heart of everything you do. Second is design for the outcome. Third is be inclusive. Four is design for context. Five, design for trust. Six, test your assumptions. Seven, make, learn, and iterate. Eight, do the hard work to make it simple. And nine, make things open. It makes things better. So nine design principles is probably a lot, um, but it's... I would say they're less ambiguous at least the titles are slightly Mm. longer the descriptions are much longer and again we'll leave we'll leave them in the show notes Um, but I guess from NHS's perspective this is useful from a service design perspective as well but Laura what do you think yeah I think they're they're sort of helpful for your um your north star I think in terms of helping to to guide 
anybody that's working on an experience change or if it was like you said they are used with technology but if you are looking at some um, service redesign or you might be looking at digital HR platforms they're principles that you can use across all of that type of work and I think it does help to to focus energy attention on what you're trying to achieve but also it, it sort of I think sets um sets standards for how you would want the experience to land and that is quite helpful because we've talked a lot over the sort of course of the last um last 12 episodes on bringing together when we think about employee experience not just HR but property technology other functions in your organization and something like having a really clearly defined set of EX principles I think is really important when you're especially when you're doing kind of cross-functional experience-led design because it gives people who are working on that particular project or looking at um, redesigning a certain experience what is it actually that we're trying to achieve and then also what does good look like I think Mm, yeah agree and how can design principles kind of support collaboration in in a way so I know you touched on this already but are there some examples of where design principles have um reduced conflict or made decision making much easier when you're working on those cross-functional projects I think it's um it, it actually when you're going through some of the the journey mapping it even helps you to to sort of think about what are some of the the pain points and when you read out some of the ones particularly with the NHS example there if 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 you were in that organization you would then be thinking well as we're trying to redesign that experience does that change that we're going to make or what we're trying to put in and implement does that make that better does it achieve that Mm. principle so I think it's it's a way when you're kind of going through everything from your sort of um initial ideation to sort of validate some of those ideas it's a way to kind of test I think and, and sort of look at is that actually going to achieve the outcome that we're intending it to um yeah. because I think otherwise there is a risk if you don't have a set of EX design principles that you could there's lots of reasons isn't there why you'll start different pieces of work and so it I think it grounds everybody working on a particular project or looking to change that experience about why and what we're we're trying to achieve and and that sort of um I describe it as like a check and balance in a way which is why I know sometimes it can feel like it gives a bit of a a bad rep but Mm. I think that's what it is it is about sort of uh, re-anchoring and looking at is that what we're trying to achieve because otherwise I think especially in big organizations people could just be off you know doing their own thing what they think is Mm. is sort of good EX design but actually you've got nothing to kind of ground people yeah I totally agree and I think the examples that we have kind of shared from Airbnb and NHS are pretty high level right which is exactly where we'd say design principles should sit I mean they shouldn't be 
um, ambiguous. They shouldn't be like, what on earth does this even mean? Lots of mm. very confusing designy type words. Um, but in the same breath, you don't want them to be super, super detailed that they just become like a rule book or a referral if you're designing something. And, and that makes it far too granular as well. So I think, mm. you know, finding the right balance between a, a set of design principles that are meaningful to an organization um, can be applied across different functions, right? So whether it's an EX project that's quite specific around technology or you're looking at process redesign or persona development, having yeah. that as an anchor, as you say. And I think they are incredibly useful. Um, and from a technology perspective, uh, you touched on this as well. Yes, they are often used to um, guide decision-making, which I think is a healthy dynamic, right? Because there are still going to be those situations, especially... You know, I've been in a bunch of project calls and meetings where we're trying to make decisions around HR service delivery platforms or similar type solutions. And actually having those EX design principles and reminding people of those throughout the project does make um, the design process a lot more enjoyable, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's when you're sort of going through any kind of design work. So if you're you know having a series of workshops like you say um like when I think I've done some of this sort of work in the past we would actually uh, obviously when you could get together pre-covid now you would do it um you would do it virtually but printing off some of these design principles and sticking yeah. them up um in the room when we were doing workshops and that was really about reminding the participants as we were going through some of that design again what what is it that we're we're trying to anchor back towards and and how are we trying to to embed these principles in that experience that we're designing because I think it's easy for that to get lost and I think we've talked about Mm. before um on the podcast that particularly in HR I think as a function we've historically often designed for HR professionals rather than kind of thinking about the employee at the center and, and the sort of um the the kind of maturity and movement I think of employee experience over the last kind of four or five years in the HR function signifies that need to move beyond oh HR design for HR but having those principles when you're in a room often still with lots of HR people but bringing obviously you know your EX research and your um your sort of employee listening I think it does really help to kind of almost a bit of a checklist and I know that checklist can sometimes have a bit of a bad word as well but I think it is that sort of um that way of validating is what we're designing is what we're thinking actually gonna change the employee experience in the way that we want it to and the way that we've intended it to be designed which often I think you would sometimes see linkages between your design principles and that sort of overall EVP or even um, you know your kind of brand values as well because the the, the sort of two should be related in terms of driving those those sorts of outcomes and it helps I think to remind people that we are trying to make things user-centric we're trying to make things easy we're trying to make things uh, thinking very holistically about what we're designing all those things that I think sometimes when you get super detailed into design unintentionally you can sometimes forget about those things and I think having those principles does just help to bring people back that actually yeah it is about the employee it's about you know making it simple making it easy and thinking holistically about that end-to-end experience and journey that they would be on 
Yeah. And I totally agree with you. And actually having a really clear set of EX design principles, I think makes it a lot easier to talk about the value of EX internally as well and get people bought into um, the why behind employee experience investments. And also, I think it makes explaining your employee experience strategy, if you have one, if you are looking to create one, a lot easier because those design principles can apply to pretty much everything so whether that's your yeah. strategy whether that's what you're trying to achieve over your ne- over the next kind of 18 months two years um actually coming back to those ex design principles throughout all of that stuff is is really useful so it's not just about using them when you're in technology design discussions or process redesign discussions it kind of cuts across the the entire piece right yeah definitely and what what would our advice be then to um organizations that are starting out and and thinking about how to create their ex design principles what would what would our advice be great question um i think one of the elements i'm most passionate about when it comes to design principle generation or creation whatever you want to call it is making sure that you bring everybody together to talk about the design principles and why it's valuable so workshops I think are really are really really key Mm. um so we talk about workshops all the time and they're a really important part of employee experience design in my in my view but I think getting people together to define employee experience design principles means it's coming from a place of community and bringing different perspectives together rather than kind of hiding away in a room as an EX design team or some kind of employee experience team, whatever it is, and coming up with a list of here are the six design principles we think are best for the organization. And so I definitely think creating your design principles in a collaborative way using workshops is really key. Um, And the bit that comes before that, in my view, is all of that research, right? So you want to go into that workshop with a good idea of what the employee experience challenges and opportunities are. um, And then you use that as kind of your fuel to come up with those design principles in, in, as I say, a collaborative way that gets the right stakeholders involved. Um, And I can come on to talk a bit about stakeholders in a bit, but what do you think? Yeah, I think it is, it's approaching it in a similar way, I think, to how we would do other experience-led design, which might sound a bit weird because typically you would do some of um, that sort of um, laying the groundwork for these principles early on in your EX strategy and then use those to sort of help evolve when you're kind of mapping out your journey etc um but but I would do exactly like you said um make sure you've done EX research so the key thing is you've actually gone out and spoken to employees and asked them um not not sort of ask them oh what do you think an EX design principle is because it it probably would be lost right on the average employee but more um more trying to understand for them what does employee experience mean at that particular organization um what is what what are the things that they value when you think through that employee life cycle because again as we're sort of seeing the evolution of employee experience i think typically we've looked a lot at moments that matter and we've talked about some of these on the podcast you know onboarding we've talked about offboarding um returning to work after parental leave but actually we're starting to see and I think we talked about it on the podcast with Volker as well right we're starting to see research emerge that actually the sort of day-to-day of doing my job 
is really significant in terms of um, an impact on employee experience. And obviously there's the sort of um, people leader, line manager view as well. So I think in its entirety, for for your particular organisation, understanding what are the key things that constitute and make up that employee experience and then use that research and that that is sort of employee listening to then help to craft some of those ex design principles and it will you will see some similarities so even the two examples you gave um at the start of the podcast around airbnb and nhs you you kind of sometimes see some similarities in these principles but actually as um as valued behaviors or values would be in an organization unique to an organization so should the ex design principles i believe because i think it is it's um it's important that they reflect the experience that the organization is trying to drive from the employee perspective yeah definitely and would you say that uh you know if it's not an enterprise-wide set of design principles that there's some value to having um a similar set of ex and cx design principles yes i i believe in an ideal world you'd want them to be the same because we've you know we've talked before about that strong linkage between employee experience and customer experience and that then leading to an overall return on experience at an organization so ideally they would be the same um, because then I think you're really designing with all of your customers at the center so whether that's your external customers clients but also your internal um, colleagues employees so I think that would be um, would be really key if you can and Again, depending on the maturity of your organization when it comes to an employee experience perspective, I would also say having a unified set of EX principles across the enterprise, not ones in HR, ones in property, ones in technology, which I think, if we're being realistic, given where organizations are on their EX journey, perhaps maybe you know, what some of the scenario that, that some organizations are facing. And if that's the case, I think when you can trying to bring those functions together to get behind a unified set of principles, because I think mm. if you don't even have the same principles for EX design, you could then quite quickly see from an experience perspective how that's going to feel a bit disjointed, a little bit clunky, you know, when we're thinking of going through that, that sort of employee journey. Mm, yeah I totally agree and I think we'll probably do another episode on this but I think that's where the value of something like an EX playbook comes in for your organization so not just your EX strategy which I think will obviously bring together those kind of cross-functional elements of what does this mean to the business which is really key but I, I think the beauty of an EX playbook is you set out those design principles and yeah kind of as you say the benefit or or the value is really in having a consistent set of design principles across the organization so what you apply to your customer experience is the same as what you apply to your employee experience but I do think that sometimes that means those design principles are quite high level so for example if I look at Airbnb I read them and I think okay I can understand this as, as a consumer and as an employee but 
what what does this mean in reality? This is maybe a bit too high level at times. So I think having that as a component of your EX playbook and then going into a bit more detail about how does this apply internally? What does this mean to our external facing products and services um, just allows people to understand it, I think, in a, in a way that isn't so um, high level, I guess, again, coming back to that. But um, I do think that's really the value in, in a playbook is bringing all of that together and, and going into that level of detail, which I think is really key. I think yeah. the other point that I would I would say is during your workshop, so if you have done your research, as Laura said, and then you're going into the workshop with you know, however many stakeholders to help define those design principles, it's definitely worthwhile doing a bit of a 101 on what design principles are, um, just depending on who you've got in the room, right? So if you're designing your EX design principles that you'll then take to other functions within the business to get buy-in and to get sign off that this is what we're going to do as an organization, um, you want to have the right people in the room, but sometimes those people will not know what design principles are, or if they do know what they are, their experiences might have shaped their their perception of how useful design principles are or what they should be used for. So definitely, I would say a bit of a 101 on design principles, bring in some examples, bring in the Airbnb and NHS ones or, or other ones you find useful. Um, and I definitely think that will kind of clear up any confusion as well. But Laura, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the playbook idea is a great one because it's something that allows teams across an organization to just pick up and use mm. to to validate if they're looking at an experience that will touch employees and I think sometimes when organizations are thinking about how do you scale employee experience it can I think sometimes feel a bit overwhelming when you think about you know mapping the end-to-end journey and and sort of how do we make real tangible changes but actually if you've got something like a playbook which articulates your strategy sort of shows the connection of how that strategy fits into your journey and then you've got your um, EX design principles I think it then means that you can have different teams across the organization actually then making small tweaks or sort of small changes to the employee experience without that kind of sometimes having to be you know really heavy lifting if that makes sense like sort of um I almost think those kind of small tweaks small sort of incremental changes but still giving everybody that real sense of direction and guidance towards that sort of you know true north like we said yeah so agree I think they're a great idea um and something actually that works really well in a large organization because I think there you've got you know complexity around um just size scale different teams you know different functions but even if you're in a smaller organization it, it can be a way to to sort of gel and bring bring your teams together around thinking about employee experience so yeah we definitely recommend that yeah for sure and I think as well if you're if you're planning to develop your own set of employee experience design principles and and you're starting to think about that workshop one of the biggest tips I can share is don't dive into what are our design principles and brainstorming around what they should be if you're starting that process Um, encourage your stakeholders to sit with the research and to contemplate their own thoughts around employee experience Mm -hmm. challenges and opportunities so one of the things I love doing in those workshops is spending the first part of the workshop um, kind of contextualizing the challenges around employee experience within the organization so asking questions like 
what are the key pain points for our employees what are people yeah. what do our employees love about working at the organization and just getting people into a into a mindset that's a little bit more focused on the customer so focused on our employee before we just go into solutioning and I think you know as you said earlier Laura you know that mindset that approach kind of applies across all EX design um, services or or projects so process redesign or technology implementation whatever it might be that's still an approach that you could apply there but I think in the context of employee experience design principle development this just allows people to focus on the customer before we jump into okay what are the six fancy words that we can pull out of a hat and put them on a post-it note and then we'll say yeah that that looks about right I do think there's so much benefit to kind of exploring the challenges and opportunities and then also a nice transition question if you are planning a workshop is how do we want our employees to describe our employee experience mm. and then that starts to bring out some of that terminology that will become aspirational and therefore can be used as some of your design principles yeah and I think it's a really good point around um letting people just sit with the research because quite often it might even be the first time people have heard it in that level of detail often like I think organizations you know the the sort of annual employee engagement survey has been around for a long time but this sort of way of gathering um much more comprehensive qualitative research and and sort of sharing some of those themes and letting that sort of sink in I think is is super important and and sort of getting people Mm -hmm. to reflect on that before they then make any decisions um is um is really key so laura as we wrap up the episode what is the one piece of advice you would give to our podcast listeners um looking to develop their set of ex design principles i would use this advice i think in a number of areas in ex and so i'm going to use it here because i think it does apply i would say start small so we've talked a bit in the podcast about it can feel overwhelming when you're sort of faced with, you know, how do I develop my EX strategy? How do I map out my end-to-end employee journey, etc. So I would sort of say, start small and you can, in true EX and human-centered design thinking way, iterate as you go. So have some of those initial workshops, get to a place where you think you've got some principles agreed but then maybe, you know, leave them for a couple of weeks, month or two, and kind of iterate again. Um, and I think sort of break it down and, and not be not be overwhelmed with the size of the task sometimes. So, yeah, that would be my advice. Start small. Mm, great advice. What would your advice be, Sasha? Oh, if I were to only pick one bit of advice, it would be try to make it exciting. Um, So I think sometimes when I bring up design principles, people think, oh God, here we go. I think there is an opportunity for you as an EX design practitioner listening to this and and me and everybody really in the EX design space to get people excited about design principles. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think try to make the process of coming up So I think try to make the process of coming up with them 
um, exciting, creative, fun, engaging, interactive, yeah. collaborative, all of those words, um, because I really think it will pay dividends. Um, I think the more you can involve people in the process and make it exciting, the less it's going to become a stagnant document that just sits in a shared folder somewhere um, that nobody yeah. refers to. So that is yeah. probably my bit of advice. Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that because I think it goes back to that sort of classic done with, not done to if you're involving key people in the um in the sort of design process of those ex design principles it's um yeah super important to totally agree with that one mm. yeah for sure fantastic well thank you everybody for joining us for episode 12 of the experience lounge podcast um it's a bit of a chatty one for us today but it's been a busy week as we said and hopefully despite it being seven o'clock and me being sam's coffee <laughs> Um, this has been coherent and useful so thank you all so much for joining us we look forward to you joining us again for episode 13 where we have got two exciting speakers so there'll be four of us on the podcast which is a first for us yeah exactly so we're super super excited and so make sure you are subscribed you're liking all of our content online and as always feel free to share your feedback and thoughts with us we'd love to hear from you so Thank you all so much. Have a fantastic week ahead and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.